Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, and review every motherfucking horror movie on Netflix. I'm Steven. I'm here with my usual companions, Chris. Hi there. And Patrick. Hi. It's good to be back. Is it? I'm, I'm going to start off with some bad news right off the front just to get this out of the way. I know our fans have been looking forward to seeing us at Motor City Nightmares. It has been rescheduled mm-hmm. for rescheduled. July. Plan accordingly. Too much plague in Michigan right now. Due to the coronavirus. Yeah, man. Captain Trips. Because somebody, not going to name names, uh, brought the virus home from Miami. That's true. Florida did precede Michigan for coronavirus cases, so it is possible that I was patient zero for Michigan. It jumped the bat to human to gator back to human species barriers and got Patrick. Yeah. While he was biking through the Everglades. Yeah. I was worried about that odd-looking gator that nipped me on the heels as I moved past. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't... Maybe I shouldn't bring this up on the show, but I was going to say you are looking a little leathery. Like, maybe you are developing a gator hide yourself. <laughs> Dude, that would be fucking <laughs> sick. I mean, I'm like basically a Spider-Man villain now. Yes, you are. <laughs> I forgot your birthday, and this is how you're going to make me pay. <laughs> it's you know this virus is unfortunate because it's been one of my dreams since I was a child and wanted to be a monster in the movies uh, to get bitten by a bat in real life. No mm. joke. I, I romanticize the idea of that. Bats are cute. I love bats. They're well, cute, I, and even their bites are cute. I well, I wouldn't want to be bitten by a bat. I would like it to give me gentle licks like a dog. Well, I was really into vampires as a child. And I, I wanted to be either a vampire or a werewolf and i had kind of weird teeth i had braces since they were mm. symmetrical but like, kind of like fangs and and i thought like i was i was born to play one or the other i feel like i like am naturally more of a vampire but i would rather be a werewolf personally um the thing i worry about with being a werewolf is um silver I mean, bullets thankfully we have, <laughs> well yes uh i mean thankfully I guess we have fast fashion now, so it wouldn't be so much of a problem. It's just all the clothes you'd go through. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's but, such a practical concern. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I yeah. want to know what happened to Bob Seeger to make him surround himself with a silver bullet band. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cover that in the movie I make with Bob Seeger. Um, Whatever the name of it was, the Motor City Madman. Oh, that's Ted. Fr- Fright moves. Fright moves. <laughs> Fright moves. Yeah, that was gonna be the movie. Love this it. is actually not something I just pulled out of my ass. This has been something I've talked about for a while. Oh, the title too. Yeah, Fright oh, okay. moves is a Bob Seger based horror anthology movie <laughs> slash concert film. Yes, it's like yeah, the protagonist is like a guy Bob Seger. It might might actually be Bob Seger, but Bob Seger surrogate at least riding through cross country on a motorcycle he stops and encounters various spooky things along the way black cat man do yeah that kind of relate yeah they all relate kind of to his songs 
I'm glad how often we managed to slip Seeger references yeah. into this show. That right. that shows our uh, non-Michigan listeners just how fucking Michigan we are. Yeah, even I'm not that Michigan. And the summer of Seeger is long. Yeah, and you know what? This you know what? Every summer, the summer of Seeger. Well, it's not summer, so shut the fuck up about Seeger. This is why people in Michigan love Seeger. So there's a there's a nostalgia Facebook group for you know where where I live, and it's got and where uh, everyone lives. There's one. Well, yeah, where everyone you you all have a or whatever you're into. But what do you mean where you live? Like specifically, what is the name of this well, group? Specifically, Monroe. It's called like um, Monroe Time Capsule or something. Okay. And there are pictures posted to this group of concert posters for Bob Seger playing oh, yeah. at like a fucking bar, like five miles from where I live. In the middle of fucking in LaSalle. In the middle oh, of in fucking LaSalle? Yeah. Play, play, yeah, he played Luna Pier? He, Dude, uh, literally anyone who grew up in Michigan, in Southeast Michigan, who is now over the age of 50, if you mention Bob Seeger to them, I swear to God, they will say, he played my, you know, insert dance at high school, insert yeah. whatever mundane teenage activity. Same with the Stooges. Seeger somehow played it. Oh, Seeger was so much more like omnipresent though i feel like than the stooges it was like fucking seven dollars to see bob seeger in some hole in the wall bar in the middle of fucking nowhere he played your high school dance people talk about him playing their fucking graduations can you imagine that's and the I bet real he, summer I bet, he, like, I bet he sucked too but like once he got famous their memories had been had been altered over time or, or they just like wanted the excuse to brag like oh, i saw him before he was big well Thanks for listening to Bob Seger Radio. Yeah, everybody. every Bob Seger album on uh, <laughs> Apple Music. Yeah. Hey, you know, though, to answer your question, see when you said, is it actually good to be back? And it is. I missed you guys. And also, you did an amazing episode Thank last you. week. Thank it you. almost made me want to actually fucking watch Polaroid, even though it's terrible. You, I mean, but listening to you guys talking about it made it sound fun. Christine was great. But I have a quick fact check for you. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, is this somebody, about Angel Adams? We have to make a retraction. Because no. I have a fact check, too, on myself. Somebody, I forget who, said that the movie... Me. Chris said that it felt like a, like middle-aged guys yeah. like trying to talk like teens talk. As it yeah. turns out, it was written by a woman. What? It was written by like a 40-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Is she Danish? I don't know. Because the director isn't. I thought maybe this is like... Her name did not strike me as Danish. cultural thing. Like, I think she's not American. translating to English very well. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it could just... I mean, she is still older than the kids in the movie, but it is a she. I mean, it's a bad script either way, but at least we know where it came from. Yeah. wasn't great. Anyway, good job on that episode. Other than that. My fact check is I was in, um, borderline incredulous about the quote about the SX-70 or whatever the fuck it was, the polar camera yeah. being used by Ansel Adams. Turns out Ansel Adams was a... Uh, a very big proponent of Polaroid cameras, and that one in particular. That so, one in particular, the haunted one in particular. That's why not the, that that's one that, in particular, that's but that model. That, that's why all the beautiful natural landscapes he shot are dying. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's another podcast. Yeah, On this ooh. podcast, we're here to talk about a movie that I selected at the end of last week's last two weeks episode. Girl on the Third Floor. And we would ask why you selected it, but we know it's because of your deep passion for professional wrestling. Of course. I thought this movie was called The Gull on the Third Floor, and I thought it was like about the lighthouse or something. What? Like, yeah, The, the Gull, the, the on, gull the on the Third Floor. floor. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I'm just imagining the possibilities of a gull who, like, 
inhabits an entire floor of a house, like yeah. just lords himself yeah. over the inhabitants of the house. It's like the raven. But anyway, yeah. why did you really pick this, Stephen? Why did I really pick this? Uh, I, I I wasn't like super excited to see this movie, but it was in, uh, it was actually on the cover, like on a sidebar on the cover of either the first or second issue of the new Fangoria, and I read a set visit, really interesting interview with the director who's a longtime producer. He's done movies like Cheap Thrills with Pat Healy. He produced the Hodorowski's Dune documentary mm. and, a, and a bunch of horror movies. He's been in the business for a couple of decades, and uh, I mean, the, the story really grabbed me. It sounded intriguing that this was his first directorial effort after producing films for so many years. Uh, the the one of the financiers of the film owned a house that had kind of a haunted history. It was a bordello, and it uh, and pe- two people had uh, been murdered there, and they basically were shopping this around like, "Hey, we own this house. Somebody write a movie about this." And it was also across the street from a church, like in this film. And I thought, "Huh, how interesting that! Like, what what a." A weird way to begin a film project very creative <laughs> i mean and also look, wait so is that the house they used it's not the house they used oh no. okay it I just was the inspiration for the story so uh, i i i'm unclear on that um i read a couple of interviews today that had conflicting information but uh yeah either way i was at one point writing something very similar and as i was reading this article i was thinking like ooh. I'm inspired by this, but I can't use that because they've already done it. Mm. So, I mean, the basic setup is there's a man who moves into a creepy old house in advance of his pregnant wife, who's uh, still busy with work, I guess, and can't come to the house quite yet, joining him. And he's working on renovating the house. And uh, it's clearly haunted. He's clearly a piece of shit who's cheating on his wife. And uh, the house seems to uh, not take too well to that and the man is played by steven's favorite professional wrestler cm punk Mm -hmm. in his feature film debut i think yeah Yeah. it is um so we can i guess get right into that yeah because i mean you just (laughs) you covered most of the movie right there um and we can get into some of the fairly simple concept it's a very simple concept uh but yeah very interesting i really uh I don't think he was listed or like mentioned as CM Punk in the article I read. And when the poster for the movie came out, I was like, oh, yeah, I heard of that. And I was like, what a fucking weird credit. Like, what's his actual name? David Brooks or something. Well, not David Brooks. That's uh, <laughs> uh, it's I'll look it up. Whatever it is. It was like, you know, blank quotes CM Punk blank. I was like, oh, God, like immediately this looks like a direct to video. Philip movie. Jack Brooks. I think, he's, he goes I, think he's, I think he's credited in this movie as Phil Brooks, yeah. Yeah, but I was like, oh, God, this is like somehow that's just that's not a good look for a poster to have somebody with a, you know, you know, nickname like along with their Curtis name. 50 Cent Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got yeah. against Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, Stephen? <laughs> uh, again, that's another podcast. We're going to have a lot of spinoffs here soon. Um, but, and I didn't know. I was like, why? I was like, CM Punk, is he like. I mean, it's just like such a douchey name. I was like, "Oh God, is he like a like a punk rocker?" And he's so I don't watch WWE. Um, have you ever seen CM Punk? As I have wrestler? I've you know, and I actually just in the last year or so have become sort of fascinated actually with 
professional wrestling, but I haven't really watched that much, and I've never actually seen CM Punk do his thing, yeah, I mean, so I don't know what recent, his personality is. You know, he's a recent WWE star, so is not, he? not from the stuff that you want to watch. You know, okay. <laughs> um, I know he's written. Is there comics. stuff I want to watch? He's written comics he's written recently, comics? which is sort of interesting. Like, well, yeah. What genre? I'm trying to. Remember, it's something superhero. I'm trying to remember what he. Oh, he wrote a uh, Drax, Drax the Destroyer from the Guardians hmm. of the Galaxy miniseries, and I think there's like Drax does some wrestling shit in that, which I mean all makes sense since batista plays uh drags yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. so cm punk i know him mostly from his brief stint in the ufc where he was mm. going to transition from pro wrestling to the ufc which um some other people have done i'm thinking of brock lesnar there might be other people who have done that some other people have gone from the ufc to wwe uh even though there's not a ton of uh overlap in the skill set and cm punk decided he wanted to make an mma debut he had a ufc fight he might have done some smaller circuit mma before that i don't know but he got uh pretty fucked up in his his first fight and then he came back and he got fucked up again and he will probably never fight in the UFC again. Um, but at least he tried. He went out of his comfort zone. And so then him trying to make a transition to acting, I can respect that too. And, you know, I don't know. You don't really get... He seems like a fine guy. I don't know. <laughs> like, I have no fucking clue. I, um, I found his performance in this movie really interesting because at times... I mean, he has a very expressive face and a yes. very rich voice. There are some very awkward line readings in this movie. Yes. But for the most part, I actually really liked his performance, and I think I figured out what he was doing. He's basically channeling Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that was exactly I what mean, I was going to say. Even his, he could do a spot-on impression of young Bruce Campbell. Even yeah. his voice, the huh. cadence of his voice is Absolutely. like... If you just... Like, a couple of times I closed my eyes, and I was like, that's Ash. That's, yeah. That's totally Ash. And... I Strong chin, Bruce, kind of that like eye poppy thing. I have thing in the la- in the latter half of of the movie. Uh, he's he's even dressed like Ash. He's got the jean shirt on and everything. Mm. Um, it had to be intentional. He's got the haircut. Okay. Um, and there there is a mo- we'll get into this probably more in the spoiler room. But there is a moment where this movie for a few minutes just becomes an Evil Dead Two riff. Hmm. I mean, there are definitely touches of it throughout with all the the ridiculous amounts of fluids and you know blood and cum and stuff that's that's spraying at him and all around the house. That's very Sam Raimi to me but I, I i don't know i really like it and bruce campbell has i read this today has given cm punk his blessing to play ash if there's a future installment wow. really yeah. wow all right that really changes my perception of the movie because i think you're right um i just that i didn't notice that to me it looked like just someone making an awkward transition to screen acting from like so so um, it's don't get me wrong it's awkward but there are moments when i think he's fucking perfect I thought his mannerisms and his face and his acting range reminded me of like Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> what? If Steve got jacked and well, covered like if in Steve tats? got jacked and covered in which he may be now, I don't know. He did become a punk rocker. Um What? Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No. That's ancient news. That that's news from before the dawn of man. Wow. Yeah, that's old news, man. <laughs> the fucking mammoths you, were talking about that, you Stephen. Can, you wow, can research okay. that one on your own. But, um, you know, so... For the record, I did not know that either. 
So, uh, you know, I've made some movies, and Patrick and I have made some movies, too. We and, made a third of a movie. We made a third of a movie, but, you know... It's more we, than a third. If, if, you're a, if you're a young, independent uh, filmmaker, and you're interested in making movies around your town, uh, you're probably going to go to your local theater people to get some actors. And what we've found uh, is that when you pull theater actors, stage actors, into a movie, mm-hmm. you sometimes get peculiar line readings, because they're used to performing on a stage and and not having the subtlety you know on on screen you can say something with one little flit of your eyebrow and you know they're used to projecting and pantomiming and all that stuff and i was like watching cm punk and trying to make sense of his face and not realizing that it might be a bruce campbell i think it was you know it took me maybe like 20 25 minutes to like Oh fuck, that's Ash. But I think it was intentional all throughout. That said, even if you view it through that lens, there's some really awkward moments with yeah. his performance. I, I just okay. thought it was yeah. a, I, I, someone I, not just a stage actor, but an arena actor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to jump in here because, like, I was primed to. So I knew very little about this movie. I didn't really know the premise. Even I did see something about the fact that CM Punk's performance had been acclaimed. So I was like, oh, "What? That sounds sort of interesting." Acclaimed? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. I haven't or, was, or it was praised. I don't know. It's in the first like paragraph of the Wikipedia article about it. So that that was like the only frame of reference I had. So I was like prepared for something impressive out of him. I was not extremely impressed. The Bruce Campbell thing came across mostly just in his face and his general like demeanor, and not necessarily his acting ability, which is a Bruce term Campbell's that I would apply actor, very though. loosely to Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like CM Punk could turn up the camp factor and probably be a great Ash. Oh, but he'd I was be a great not... anybody. I would watch a million movies with the CM Punk, but just leaning into camp more. Yeah. He could but be I was, a star, man. I was not impressed with him in this movie that mostly seems to be like fairly like I mean it is over the top there's a lot of over the top shit but I don't think it intends to be a funny movie no it seems to take itself very seriously like when he cleans up a whole bunch of drywall and goes outside and is trying to put it in the trash can and says to absolutely no one I should have got a dumpster yeah like it's such a and I mean it's very stagey the way Chris just put it but that's in the writing like that was written in the script and he had to perform that line by that point in the movie I was thinking of the famous and I actually rewound it to see if they had rewound. Wow, um, to see if they if if they'd done this. But when he said that, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the the famous workshed moment from Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2. Mm. I was like, I was like, you know what? That's Wait, a, what is that? Where like <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact moment in the movie. There's a moment where Ash like they did some ADR and his mouth isn't even moving and he says like workshed because they thought they needed motivation for him they needed oh. <laughs> clear motivation for him to go to the workshed and it's become this iconic sort of like camp thing and i thought like you know what i have a feeling this is just bad screenwriting and bad acting but if i'm going to make this ash connection this is totally analogous and i just found it kind of funny <laughs> it, it seemed to me like they just planned to shoot a scene where he was throwing out drywall and then they realized that it was ridiculous because they only had a little trash can and so they just threw that line in there to to kind of address the the issue yeah and that Maybe. That, that that checks out cuz there's a lot of just kind of underthought undercooked stuff in this like small stuff that i couldn't believe actually wound up in the final cut i mean there's a moment where a character gets hit under the like hit in the eye with a hammer and for some reason spends like three to four minutes 
crawling on the floor to get away from the person who hit him. I'm like, with like a baseball sized hole. I'm like, you got hit in the eye. I think you can still walk. (laughs) What's going on here? It's a lot of weird shit. Wait, you thought he should still be able to walk? Yeah. When his, like, his head has just been caved in? I thought your argument was that he would be, like, immobile. Like, his brain just got smashed. I don't know if the hammer went that far in. Did it was that weird. was in a that was an extreme wound the way they did that makeup that was a horrifying scene well the wound also wasn't like where it looked I feel like, like he got hit there's some like kind of like murky clunky stuff in if this. my head was that caved in i do not think i would be walking yeah i don't know i mean this, this movie's rough around the edges but why don't we talk about you know what we patrick gave a very succinct and accurate overview of what this this film is like but why don't we kind of get into the nitty-gritty you know some of the character stuff some of the the uh, the 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 gooiness the effects here's some nitty-gritty i'd like to get into okay the attire so cm punk spends much of this movie renovating there's so many shots of cm punk just fucking taking a hammer to drywall sure and then later his friend shows up and they're taking a hammer to drywall. CM Punk, most of the time while he's doing this, is dressed in, like, a nice Oxford shirt and, like, tight-fitting chinos. Like, he looks like he has stepped out of the J. Crew catalog. And, yes. like, bare feet to demolish <laughs> this home. Oh, and, and then his friend has, like, a fucking, like, and then when, man bag and yeah, shit, Yeah, when too. Milo shows up, same thing. Milo's got, like, the nice Oxford. He, he does roll up the sleeves to to do the housework. It's going to get dirty. It's going to get sweaty. Yeah. But I was just like, what an interesting costuming choice. I'm sorry that I'm going just like full June Diane Raphael. No, go right for now. it. I mean, but there's a lot I in this really movie that like puzzled by that choice. A lot in this movie that's like, this was, I don't know. I mean, I'm baffled. I've only seen two movies that, that the director, uh, Travis Stevens, Stephen Travis, whatever know, the fuck I it is. Pay attention. I feel like it was the first thing it's, you said, but I'll it's, check. It's one or the other. Um, I've only seen two movies he's produced, and they're you know they're okay. Cheap Thrills was 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 pretty solid, though not really my style. A little too nasty for me. And Hodor Hodorowski's Dune is an amazing film. I, I thought he would have a better sense of like the basics of putting a film together not necessarily the moving the camera around and stuff but yeah like costuming is one thing in particular that i i figured like he would have that nailed down and it kind of i don't know i mean all right if you can be charitable about it because knowing what we kind of find because i this movie started i was like i don't know who this guy is why he's here what he's doing i'm like is he a contractor okay he's all right it's his house okay he's renovating i guess but yeah he doesn't look like he's there to work but also we learn his backstory you know is in you know white collar finance you know um right he's king don i guess he's uh i guess his backstory which is touched on very briefly is that he i guess uh was a white collar criminal in finance running a ponzi scheme or something like that yeah right and And it's interesting like when you say that i was almost like oh that's a spoiler because it comes so late in the movie it comes at like the point where all the other spoiler stuff is and it's kind of odd that they withhold that information because it's hinted at for a long time as if you're going to discover something bigger and more i mean not that the information is revealed isn't damning but it's like oh yeah i mean that's about what i expected from what we've been told so far it's not like a oh gasp that's what happened i read this description the description imdb which i i read it like before i watched the movie just to see you know what was out there i'm always interested in like a movie like this is independently financed that doesn't get a wide release like what's going to drop how do people find out about it if they're not reading fangoria or bloody disgusting or whatever and there was so much information in the first three sentences of the review that I, i was like 
an hour into the movie like what am i watching the same movie they were describing because it's all about like the character and Mm. things that happen in the film and Mm. it does feel like a lot of stuff that should have been at least implied early on wasn't there mm-hmm. and it, it it doesn't really have any impact when it finally is revealed later mm-hmm. so a lot of the early stuff was boring to me just because i i didn't really have a handle on this character or what was going on and i mean mm-hmm. you know you talk about the costuming maybe i mean if you want to be charitable you can say well the reason he doesn't look like a workman is because he's a white collar guy who doesn't really know what the fuck he's doing well also, but he seems to know what he's doing he, very well he also doesn't look like an office type though either because he's covered in tattoos you know <laughs> including a very gratuitous uh pepsi product placement at one point in the film i don't know if I it is tattoos that. it's like like his right his left shoulder is just a giant pepsi logo oh, and like there's hmm. a moment where the camera seems to linger on probably that. his actual tattoo no it is his actual yeah. tattoo for sure and i'm sure he had like a pepsi sponsorship and this Maybe. movie kind of milked that um and then he's but in yeah, the town he you know he putters around the town he he checks out the local bars we don't really understand why and i still don't understand why other than to encounter some token characters who are like you stay away from that house now you queer yeah oh yeah they make a point of saying that the house isn't kind to straight men in particular yeah and i i um gosh i wish i the reason i was saying fuck earlier i don't know if anybody heard me uh, multiple times is that i i actually took notes i was gonna say which time movie and i don't have them with me but i do remember that i wrote down at the end of the film that I was just as confused. I was more confused about that line by the end of the film than I was when it was said originally. Yeah. We'll get into that in the spoiler room, but yeah, I mean, it's I, I, very I, weird. It feels so much in this movie it happens without a clear motivation just so we can get information, but it's not like your typical exposition either. Like it's weird that like you would expect that with the, how clunky the script is, you would expect more of characters just kind of saying things that are very on the nose to get details out of the way. But this movie is like very, uh, um, conservative with the way it, it deals that information. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I, I actually liked this movie because I felt, for a long time like it kind of showed a lot more than it told and it didn't seem very exposition heavy and people would just say things that seemed to refer to information that was already established between them and they didn't feel the need to explain it to us and i appreciated that i appreciated that it jumped right into the action like we've just got this guy we don't know anything about him he's alone and all of a sudden he's just ripping a wall apart to fix this like weird like black shit that's bubbling out of the wall and i'm like okay you're throwing me right into some kind of weird stuff and i'm slowly figuring out who this guy is basically on my own and i liked all that and then weirdly enough and we'll obviously discuss the details of this more in the spoiler room but what frustrated me was how it attempted to explain a lot of stuff at a very late point in the film at which point i already didn't care and would have preferred that they just left me with some of the mystery and lack of knowing that i already had yeah i I love where this i love what this movie sets up and where it's going i love a lot of the the sort of thematic content and even the characters because it 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 just felt kind of like like polaroid i felt like this was maybe like a second draft and it needed like two or three more drafts to really clearly communicate what is going on so you know watching this movie from the beginning uh you you get the sense that this character our protagonist is a piece of shit i mean like pretty early on 
But it's interesting. Well, it's, it's pretty like, early. I don't even know if it's a spoiler. You can no. correct me if I'm wrong to say he, you know, he cheats on his wife no, in his I mean, first twenty minutes. I mentioned that in my yeah. summary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what what is like interesting to me about that is that like the movie is like the tone isn't clear enough that like for a while, for a minute or a few minutes or maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, I was like, I don't know if this movie hates this character as much as i do right, right. Now. yeah because i also don't know much about his history and again a lot of that information comes much later none of it is like super revelatory but i feel like it's stuff i wish i had known before he starts making really terrible choices it, it reminded me a bit of corbin nash uh not just because the main character was corbin nash adjacent especially with all the <laughs> mma stuff and the, the toxic masculinity stuff but also like corbin nash was a movie where it's like oh yeah remember when you like commit that like racially violent police brutality thing or something and it's like yeah bro and it's like <laughs> how am i supposed to feel about this this is the movie you want me to feel about this i i didn't wish anything had been revealed earlier i feel like i knew this person and his sleaziness and i was not like i said i wasn't shocked when they revealed any more details later in the movie i wasn't shocked either i just i i i, I like I didn't have like because the film is like I mean it, it looks good and it's you know for for who's involved it's well it's pretty decently acted but it's like a little bit tonally confused and a little bit uh, there's some some kind of clunky stuff at the script level where I was like okay I, I actually like this and I think I know where this movie's going but like I'm not totally sure that I'm right and it's it wasn't like a sense of mystery like oh I like maybe things are now what they seem it was more I was feeling like I don't know if this was like directed and written clearly enough mm. for what they're trying what what mm-hmm. the intent is um yeah. it, it it all ended up it, it it ended up coming together for me but it didn't feel like yeah it didn't feel like a very like a, assuredly crafted film i found myself pretty bored but bored in a different way than i usually am uh you know we didn't get <laughs> we, 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 what a what sentence are the, what are the shades of boredom for well you, you know my biggest pet peeve is with these scenes where it's like something spooky is gonna happen so we gotta watch the guy walk through the house in the dark for you know 10 minutes or whatever that doesn't happen in this movie yeah that was all of polaroid uh, that was all of polaroid it's none of this movie this movie you see the guy there's always something interesting happening i guess but like i I was waiting for the movie to like set up its premise i was like what's going on in this movie and i'm not sure if it ever really does he's like the premise is he's in the house there's shit like coming out of the walls and the drain pipes and he's like no it's not it's not shit it's cum and it's blood and and no it's puss (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 and all That's kinds a of stuff. Little I mean, throwback for our longtime yeah. listeners, there. You know, and and then there's some kind of. I, I was getting um, yeah. I don't think I think I can mention this without spoilers. I was getting some Silent Hill vibes out of this movie, and I, I think need to fucking play Silent Hill deliberate because you have a character who's got these demons in his past he's got guilt on his soul he's not a good guy he's in this house there's all these mirrors as if to say the house is reflecting things back at him a lot of mirrors and there's all these 
kind of abstract manifestations of what might be his own anxieties. Like, you know, the guy clearly, well, the, I wouldn't have to say clearly because it's debatable, but the guy is presented to, you know, uh, maybe be too into sex, right? Because he's like trying to sex his pregnant wife. Then he goes straight to the porn site. Then he goes straight to cheating on his wife. Yeah. Right? Master and, daddy, I think is the porn site. Uh, <laughs> so I took note of that. Um, <laughs> Which was or great. daddy master, one or the other. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so you get these kind of like sexual things coming out of the house, and and these these holes in the wall that look like sphincters and stuff. And this is all very Silent Hill stuff. The kind of idea of a physical location reflecting your anxieties back on you in an abstract way. The one ghoul thing that shows up was very Silent Hill to me as well. That so. was, that was, I've not played the Silent Hill games. I've not seen the movie, uh, but I'm familiar with the iconography. Yes. The, uh, the titular girl on the third floor. Oh yes. Is very Silent Hill. Yes. And so I would, so I, that primed me to kind of expect a certain thing from where it was going. And it, I don't think I really ended up getting it. And so I was just kind of confused the whole time about what this movie was about, when the story was going to kick in, when I was going to start getting really invested in like the A to B to C of what was going on. So I have two things to say about this. I was not bored by this movie at all. I was completely drawn in. I finally checked the time, like I think maybe an hour in. And I was like, oh shit, there's only like a half hour of this left. I was just really drawn in by the constant flow of just weird shit happening. And there's a lot of gross, like really cool little practical effects in this movie. And I was fairly consistently like oh that's weird that's gross all right you have my attention um and the second thing i was going to say is i feel like we should describe the girl on the third floor because what a weird creation and and they very cleverly withhold her like she's seen in just the briefest of glimpses for a long time where you're like fuck what was that like um, if you've played silent hill 2 or, or are familiar with it it would be described as a bobblehead nurse with a gash up her face that has like teeth running up to her forehead and like a peg leg i have to say does something she have a this- peg leg she has odd limbs. I don't know if she has a peg leg, but I, I think I feel like she has like a stump instead of an arm or a stump instead of a leg. She is seen so fleetingly, even when you really get into the shit. And you do get some more close-up shots of her. We spend that some I more time with like, her as it goes on. I feel like it's like the the blind man and the elephant or whatever. Yeah. Like I feel like everybody could describe this character in a different way, and I kind of love re- that. Reading reviews, I found it very interesting because it like I I just kind of glanced over a few just to see what people thought or whatever like i always do with these movies and every description was wildly different to the point Mm -hmm. where i was like wait what did i even see yeah i have to say though fangoria kind of fucked up i think it was fangoria i I hope it wasn't Uh oh steve's about to put fangoria on blast on blast i think it was fangoria that had a pretty explicit picture of what she looked like in it Uh um you know I think we can now do corrections and omissions on this show. We 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 broke that seal at the beginning of this episode. So if I'm wrong, I will look this up later and I will I will comment on the next episode. But yeah, I they're going like to pull our classified ads. S- something that <laughs> it's it's only in print. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's some it's something that like I think would have made the movie slightly more intriguing to me if i if i didn't know like what the the titular girl looked like i was ready for a good old-fashioned succubus story and we don't get it Mm. we 
get a little bit but of we one. Get, it go. It takes me. It takes me halfway there, and then it says, "Nope, this ain't a succubus story." Living on a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> been a while. Been a while since I've seen a good succubus story. I don't know if I've ever seen a good succubus. story. I don't story. think we need a succubus story in this. <laughs> no, not in this time. Age. Yeah, no. Um, and I was, I was actually worried the movie was going to go there for a while. Mm. Yeah, like, I, I, like, can, I can I, understand that. Once I got the once I got the point that like, oh, the house is reflecting his demons back at him, and it's not like the house trying to yeah you know whatever we'll get into it later um but but there there was a moment i was like oh god please especially after like the weird line about like are you queer and yeah like, gay gay people don't do too well in that house that's not straight, what he no. says. straight people or, or straight people don't do well in the house um I want to see. The, I, I, I want to see the prequel where he figured that out because, like, he's he's sitting across the street watching all these horrible things happen to straight people, and then like a gay couple <laughs> moves in, and they're just having a great time. They're having cookouts. <laughs> they're raising kids. <laughs> I want to see that story. Yeah, I want to talk about later again in the spoiler room. I feel like I've said that a billion times. Like what I what that means to me, but it is interesting if the house seems to like. Yeah, it seems to kind of like suss out and choose who it's going to fuck with. And I'm interested in like the mechanism, the mm. mechanisms of that, uh. the rules of that. It fucks with shitty men, clearly. Yeah, well, we'll see. Are we are we ready to review this damn thing? I, and and I don't think we no. should because like we're gonna have a lot to talk about in the spoiler room. This might be we might be heavier on the spoiler room than usual episodes, but like I feel like there's not much that we can say without like really getting into it other than like yeah this dude's shitty he cheats on his wife he's got a weird neighbor he lives across from a presbyterian church he's got kind of a, a neighbor who seems to know more than she's letting on and that there's just a, a lot weird of fucking character. gooey shit going on in this movie before gooey. things get yeah. real i mean there's a lot of cum i, I thought we nickelodeon produced this movie for a minute there's a there's a whole yeah there's a lot of gack a lot of gack uh, a lot, lot of slime um there's a there's a hole in the wall that simultaneously looks like a dick and a vagina flubber it's everywhere very, this is feels very much it like a flubber those little balls those little balls are those marbles. are marbles the dude. marbles it's flubber they're not. They don't behave right. like flubber at all. Well, they kind of. Reflect. All right, all right. I, like at least two things. All right, two things. Jesus, One. at least two. <laughs> One, Cooper, my favorite character in the fucking movie. There's a dog named Cooper, Ugh. which is a dumb name for a dog, but this dog was great. He was beautiful. Should have named the great, dog CM Punk. He was a smart dog. He was also a great actor and just fascinating watching him like move through different rooms of the house and so many times he like knows what's going on he like oh he knows cm punk is a piece of yeah it's kind of the moral compass of this movie he really is and that's why i was like invested in him almost as the protagonist as at a certain point i was kind of wishing that the final act would just be fucking cooper like just a silent Oh, final act. It's like that issue dog. of Hawkeye. Yeah, just like the pizza <laughs> better dog. Better movie. Yes. Better movie. Yeah. This, oh, t- this time it's Patrick rewrites the movie, it's, yeah, and it's, it's just, just the final the, act is the I dog. I because we almost get that kind of narrative shift, but it, with the dog being the, the hero at the end, all by himself, silent, no dialogue. Yes. Ooh, I want to write maybe this Maybe seeing the same things we actually see at the, at the end of this movie. Yes. <laughs> but it's just a dog. Yes. <laughs> So much better. <laughs> is one so of the other better. things that you want to get to uh, before the spoiler room, the wife? Or the way that her character is set up? Because I feel like, again, this movie is like 
kind of confused, but I think I know what it was intending to do now having completed it. But I feel like she's set up to be kind of a, a shrew or a shrike. It's or She's a, one of these every horror movie on Netflix characters, a woman whose character for most of this movie can best be described as pregnant. She's yeah. pregnant, and <laughs> you better be working on that fucking kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> That's her biggest concern with yeah. this house. And I feel like she's set up to be an annoyance and to be someone that like like I worried that the movie was gonna be like fuck yeah he's cheating on her she's awful she's ruining his life it it, it, it felt like it was like towing the line for me for a minute there but things definitely do change do we want to review this now guys because I feel like we're kind of getting in the weeds here and, and I'd like to be able to talk a little bit more openly yes I think that's a good idea Great. Who wants to go first? Can I go first again? Yeah, Steven. Steven loves to be the first to say screw it. it, Cue it or screw it. I'm gonna give it a cue it. Oh, I I I enjoy this movie. I you know I I gave it some slack because this guy had never directed a movie before he produced, but it's you know I it it touches on a lot of sweet spots for me. One, there's almost no CGI in this movie. Apparently, there's only one shot that uses CGI. There is a a boatload of wicked, nasty, gruesome, disgusting practical effects in this movie. There's one sequence involving marbles that we're going to talk about in the spoiler room that is like one of the... Mm. It's it's most I've cringed or looked away from the screen since Gerald's game. Mm. Um, yeah, it just it had, has kind of a Brian Yuzna, Stuart Gordon, Screaming Mad George kind of like 80s, like you know gross out vibe to it that i got i was pretty into i got exactly 50 percent of the references you just made so one of them you know halfway because there were three no you said brian yisna stuart Yisna. gordon screaming george something screaming 80s george. horror and i know 80s horror and i well, know they're stuart all 80s gordon. horror <laughs> um uh, we'll we'll talk later. Uh, <laughs> take you to take, take you to school. Take you out behind the gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know it's it's you know the the, the script is kind of clunky. I think it all kind of works in the end. But um, yeah, I was interested. CM Punk's performance, basically as Ash, was very entertaining to me. Not a perfect movie, but I was never bored. It succeeded in grossing me out. I appreciate the thematic ideas that are going on in this movie, even if I don't think they work perfectly. Um, yeah. So cue it. If, if you end up deciding you want to watch something that's like really, you know, it's not perfect, but it's pretty fucked up and pretty gruesome, but also has a message. Check it out. That was one of my more rambling reviews. A uh, message. It's a message movie. It's you, we'll get into it. It's a message movie with a capital M. Uh, who wants mm. to go next? I'll go next. There's a lot to like in this movie, but I'm going to give it a screw it. Wow. This movie what? does a lot of things well or almost well. Just at the end of the day, not enough of it connected with me. I would be interested in seeing the next movie that this director makes. I would not be interested in going back in time and telling myself I should watch this movie or put it in my queue. You know, and and, and this conversation has kind of enhanced my respect for the movie, I think. And I look forward to maybe appreciating it even more once we discuss your interpretations of the themes. For me, there just uh, wasn't enough for me to latch on to until, I mean, what I did like and what I was emotionally invested in, it was too little too late by, by that point. So screw it. Sorry. Just out of boredom, mostly. 
because I, I, yeah. I i'm just asking because i feel like i haven't really heard why screw it in particular yeah basically just uh boredom the, yeah. I, I the characters were not connecting i d- couldn't really get a read on how i was supposed to feel about anybody these scenarios i couldn't really figure out what the conflict was i still am not sure what the conflict was i'll second that um yeah. you know interesting abstract stuff but what you know effects are good some of the subplots were interesting but what did it all add up to i'm I'm still not sure just you know kind of kind of forgettable for me at the end of the day but Mm -hmm. you know most people i think would find something interesting to take away from this or something they liked um it's just you know making a recommendation as myself for myself yeah can't go above a screw it sadly Mm -hmm. patrick yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just would echo to a large degree what y'all said. I would give it a cue it. It's a weird mishmash. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily fit it's together here. It's a bit of a here. monster mash. It's a bit of a monster mash. Um, there's some stuff that Graveyard works. Bash. There's some stuff that works really well. Like, as I've said already, the practical effects. It is really creepy. There are some, like, genuinely cringy moments. In, in the good sense of cringy, like, oh, like, you don't want to look at the screen because it's, you know horrifying and makes you want to jump out of your skin cm punk's performance is just such an interesting beast i'm so fascinated by the fact that we shared this bruce campbell assessment Stephen, and also that it turns out that bruce campbell himself somehow has endorsed him to play ash i would love to see that i would love to see cm punk adapt this weird and not extraordinarily naturalistic acting style to something more campy and i think an evil dead movie would be perfect for that Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit that well in this movie for me and felt very jarring in a lot of times yes um and as i've already mentioned like there's just some some plotting and uh, exposition stuff, especially late in the movie, that I was not thrilled with and thought were kind of poor choices, especially given the more reserved way that it started off. So, I don't know. Yeah, just a weird hodgepodge of different shit going on. And some of it's very good, and other parts aren't necessarily bad, but just weigh it down a bit in a way that makes it hard for me to enthusiastically recommend. All right. So, we've got two cuets in the screw it. We're going to take a little break. I wish we had a third floor to go up to, but we don't. So you know where we're going, down to the spoiler room. We're going to spoil everything. Back in a minute. All right, welcome back. We are we are down here in the spoiler room. There may or may not be bodies behind the drywall now. I'm, I'm just a little worried after seeing this movie. I just it's washed my hands, so I'm not worried at all. I know I'm safe. Guys, don't worry. I'm over here in the corner. I've got my Oxford shirt on. I'm just fucking ripping drywall out to check for anything that might be back behind the walls. Man, he fucks this house up. In, oh, the, yeah. in, the, in the third act of this movie or oh, the, end the, of the whole second movie act. yeah but like really toward the end like you the, like he starts to get like super fucking freaked out and paranoid and he has gone to like every single wall multiple spots on each wall in the house and peeled back the after he's wallpaper. done all this work he's peeled back the wallpaper and he's hammering and he's sticking a little camera in yeah, to he's see got what's the snake. down in there. He's got a snake. Is that is that real? Solid is that snake. Is that a thing you can just hook into your phone? I I mean I'm sure it is. Yeah, at this they point. have that. They have that. 
Why he would have that, I don't know. I mean, I guess he could have just ordered it like one day delivery. It's good for Amazon. checking drains and stuff. I mean, it's 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 feasible that you would bring it with your kit if you were rehabbing a house, but probably you'd bring like a drill first or you know the, the yeah, stuff well, that he does. He the stuff that Milo gives him a hard time for not having white collar criminal. Why would he think to have this? I've had so many genuine two things to say about this moments tonight, but I actually have two things to say right now. One, CM Punk, and this is related to nothing. It's apropos of nothing, but CM Punk. <laughs> And I, I don't, is this an acting choice? Is this just how he does this in real life? I was really bothered by how he holds the phone when he's talking to his wife on FaceTime. He holds that motherfucker out at arm's length. Like, he stretches oh. out his arm as far as it will go to talk to his wife on FaceTime. Here's a moment I... Oh, my God. This is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, they clearly just... They didn't have the time. They weren't thinking about it. There's a moment where he's t- <laughs> he's got the phone held out and he's talking to his wife on FaceTime or whatever. But he and he says, um, "She's like, how's it coming along?" And he's like, "Look at this." And he's touching the the wall and feeling like the new paint job. But he doesn't flip the camera setting around. He's still looking at her and talking to her while he's doing this. She has no idea. She probably can't even see that. But he you has can his never tell. Outstretched. They never show the the picture in picture to show which way the camera's. But pointed. he doesn't do anything differently with the phone. He's still doing that awkward thing where it's like yeah. as far out like a human selfie stick. And mm-hmm. He's touching the wall. The, the whole premise of the video conversations is kind of dumb, but it's there. Uh, practically because we need to kind of get to know this wife character we need to know what she looks like and then we you know need her to like spot the other woman running around the background of the house when they're on the call yeah Yeah, just the choice of the way he held the phone was so interesting you know maybe they were trying to make a statement that he's holding her at At arm's arm's length length. but I mean it was was very awkward probably right the other thing and the you know, we've talked about moments that made us cringe in this movie. Here's one that made me cringe that probably makes no one else at all cringe was when he, you know, we talked about how he like hacks up this part of the wall. It has this, it looks, it looks burnt and it's sort of like seeping and he's trying to replace it. And he puts a whole new piece of drywall in and like my, inner OCD was like oh this is nice he cut out a really nice hole he's putting in a perfectly sized piece like this is gonna look great and then he paints it and it doesn't paint correctly and especially because I'm thinking about buying a house I'm just like I'm gonna have so many moments like this where I like try and fix something I think I've done it perfectly and then the paint just looks weird and you can still see the outline of the new piece of drywall and I was just like just pissed me off so much I did I did have similar anxiety because I mean he's like fucking he's indiscriminately pounding holes in walls and looking around for secret passages and and I'm like oh god how are you gonna cover that up so that well one you can never forget what you saw there and covering up (laughs) isn't gonna do any good you know like after like 20 minutes I'm like I don't think any sane person could ever remain in this house after what he's found. Yeah. But also, there's like, you're going to see the physical reminders too, unless you just put up another weird ass mirror to cover it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's funny because when you look at CM Punk, especially once he takes his shirt off, you think, well, here's a guy like Corbin Nash who punches holes in drywall. But it turns out he actually repairs holes in drywall. But by the end of the movie, yeah, he's punching holes in drywall again. Just so, I mean, can't look- escape. Just can't escape who you are, man. Let's catch up on all the fucking crazy details. Like, so his friend Milo comes to help him with the house. Milo founds out, finds out that he's cheated. Well, let's, let's back up just a second because, I mean, the main, the first real key plot point. Back is up this, to, like, the 25-minute timestamp. Yeah, it's like this neighbor comes over 
this hottie comes over. Sarah. Sarah. She has a name. She Chris. has a name. She has a but name. Does she? Is it's she funny, real? Because he, he does knows. forget and her he name. He does forget her name too. Just later, um, she is real. We um, find out her entire backstory. Like two minutes before the end of the she's movie. She's a ghost? Is she real? Is she a projection of the house? We never know. I mean, she's clearly not like flesh and blood. I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so she comes over and she's like, you know, just really overtly hitting on him right off the bat. Uh, they make passionate love. Uh, we don't know if it's passionate. We don't, see the, we don't see the love being it made. It was hot. It was, it was, it was better was, than she expected. It was better That's than she what expected. she said. And then, was okay, hot. The, uh, the, again, I don't have my notes, but I'm amazed at my recall. He says, and I feel like I've heard this line in a movie before, but with how clunky this movie is, it really like rang differently for me. Uh, as they're kissing and she's about to leave, he's like, that dress looked better on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you saying about her right now? <laughs> <laughs> that is cruel. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, that dress looked better on the floor. It sounds like he's saying you look like shit in that dress. But, um, you know, she just she just sticks around. I disagree, but we don't the need to get was, into the it. The way it was delivered was super super weird. Anyway. Anyway, she, she keeps coming around, though. She won't go away. And he tries to distance himself because she's being kind of weird and he's and guilty about another, cheating on his just wife. Kinda, and, this is a trope we've seen their entire yeah. movies about. This is a fatal attraction sort of scenario. Yeah, and so by the time you get to the point where she's, like, killing the dog, I'm like, is the theme of this movie, Bitches Be Crazy? Like, is that where they're going with this? Is this, you know, is this Michael Douglas movie? <laughs> and again, this movie, like, somehow it manages to not be entirely clear about what it's about and and not be, like, an art film, but also leave me intrigued enough to follow it while still being a bit concerned about how it's all going to pan out. It's yeah. a very odd balance this movie strikes, but it does it, it does it well, it did it well enough for me where I was never, like oh my god, I think this is going to end up being a garbage movie that has a garbage message or a garbage take on humanity or masculinity or 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 female sexuality or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a movie that wants to be feminist and wants to tweak the fatal attraction, bitches be crazy kind of formula, but it's also a movie that I don't think has any real perspective or any real empathy with its female characters. Like, it wants to take this sort of hard right turn in the final act, and we still haven't really explained this, but the wife shows up and becomes the hero of the movie yes. at a very late point in the movie and we also are brought to empathize with sarah at a very late point in the movie but none of these things are necessarily they're not turns that really feel justified or really backed up like they don't feel very substantial and it feels more I like totally somebody mapped out the way they wanted the themes and your perception of the movie to proceed and didn't really think that deeply about the characters or who they were 100 percent, 100 percent. i couldn't have articulated it better that was my problem with the movie is i understood eventually i mean it took some time and it took some like having faith in the movie based on what i don't know um probably just the constant onslaught of weirdness and gooiness i knew where it was headed i understood the themes i just don't think they were very well executed i feel like it was just a sketch for what the director, a writer director wanted, he wrote it too, right? Anybody? Can anybody confirm that? I think he did write it too. Yes, um, yes, he did. Right, wrote, directed, and produced. <coughs> yeah. So coughing um, over there, bro. Got the COVID. So it's very visual. I, 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 I do appreciate that it it shows more than it tells. I think it 
could have told a little more, though. Rare, I'll say that about a film. Very rare. Told more. Well, told. He did write and direct it, yes. Told something different, maybe. I don't know. We learn a lot of detail about the sordid history of the house, which is quite irrelevant to the spiritual uh, arc of the movie. I disagree with that. Oh, really? Well, let's just get into it. So the house used to be a brothel or or a bordello. I don't know what the difference is between those two things. Um, and you know, cat house. You know what we mean. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, house, house of ill repute. Ill repute. <laughs> house of ill repute. <laughs> Just um, like Amon Studios South and North. Who? Yeah, it reminds me of a great Simpsons episode. Um, Which one? There's an episode about like the 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 brothel in Springfield. Oh shit! Comes in. Yeah, it's it's a really good one. Um, Anyway, so yeah, it used to be a brothel, and and it was shut down, and there was a missing girl, and, you know, this whole kind of sort of history. Uh, I feel like that does tie in very well to this film, because this film is about toxic masculinity incarnate, you know, men who behave without any understanding of the consequences of their behavior, um, taking what they want, exploiting women, and I feel like it is the perfect setting for this story, this kind of like cautionary tale, which is I think what this movie aspires to, or this fable about this this man who finally gets what's coming to him. Well, yeah, and we haven't even explained the the third floor. Like at some point, the fi- well, actually, at a specific point, right after he has sex with Sarah the first time, the ceiling falls in on the second floor and reveals this third floor that no one was aware of before. And there's there's sort of this like gallery like viewing area there's like a railing that sits above the second floor so that you know presumably someone could look down and watch something happening from the third floor which like oh my god i would have killed to be in this house in the 40s or 50s or whenever that was happening it looked like it was like the 1890s or the 20s or something i don't even fucking know you want you wanted to watch the child sex slavery that was going on (laughs) Not the child sex slavery, but the, is that the one even what it was. That was unclear to me. Well, we do. I mean, we see like what is presumably a reenactment of what a typical scene would have looked like. I don't right, like, kind of erotic to me. It's and it's Sarah, and I think yeah. Sarah reveals that you know she was what the most beautiful, most popular, best, sexiest dancer of all time, and she was murdered, and nobody even cared or came and looked for her body or something like that. Well, yeah, and I think the implication. I mean, because it's definitely suggested that like underage girls were involved in this whole thing there are drawings children's drawings in the third floor that he finds eventually of like weird naked men holding what are clearly intended to be children by the hand Um, so there's a lot of reference to underage girls I think Sarah was supposed to be underage when she participated even though like when we see sort of a hallucinatory reenactment of it later on she's an adult as she has been the entire movie well no she I mean she's a ghost so she is she appears as the age she was at when she when she died, died. Mm, that's, i mean that's, that's how it works yeah you know we wouldn't fuck with the laws of science on that <laughs> the laws of science regarding ghosts yeah um, um, but all right so so let's back up and I'm, I'm interested in what you alluded to about your interpretation of the the queer thing Oh, I mean, I, it just as like a screenwriting thing I, it, was, it was such a like a jarring thing because like yeah this is a small town um and and you kind of expect 
it just seemed very pointed to me that that line was included early on. Like, oh, straight couples don't fare well there. I'm like, why, why I, do you think that detail, why do you think that was even said? Why do you, what bearing do you think that has on anything? It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like it was purely intended to shock and give you that kind of like, you know, small town sort of things are different out here sort of vibe but then the bartender kind of turns around and says he doesn't even say like the seinfeld shitty line like not that there's anything wrong with that he's he but the way he phrases it is sort of like he's totally accepting but he's just curious hmm. and because he's worried that like if he's not gay he's in for a terrible fate Maybe. but i'm like why are we assuming that gay relationships are perfect and the infidelity doesn't happen in those two Right, that's a very good point because that's think, what bothered me. <laughs> I think it might be trying to say that you know most, if not all, marriages or whatever have like a unhealthy dynamic. I don't think now, it's about. It be- I don't think it's about the infidelity or the health of the of the relationship, though. I think it's about toxic behavior towards women in particular. It is. I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, yes, treat, because he, the ghost clearly are treats women poorly throughout the film. Sure. CM Punk's character treats women. It's yeah. not about infidelity necessarily. I mean, that's one well, facet. No, but, that's but, one but way. Such a that's bizarre... one way that his uh, poor perception of women manifests. It's such a bizarre way to. I mean, again, the script is so like unfocused, but it is like such a such a jarring line early on, and it's such a weird fucking way to hint at like what is coming later. You want to believe it's there you for a never good guess from yeah. that line, like what ends up happening and like what the you know what's going on in the house and with the ghosts and all of that stuff yeah it's just i mean i agree like, it doesn't I, well, feel that needed right. i mean it's sort of i mean it's, it's it's almost cute in a way in the way that it turns I your ex term i'd use it turns your expectations of that scene and that line on its head because you think that the bartender is some conservative old fuck who's like trying to give this guy shit for being gay but it turns out that he's kind of just looking out for his well-being he's really he's not necessarily homophobic yeah i don't know so, i i really yeah, they should have cut that out. I don't know. It's, just, it's very awkward. Let's get a couple of the other necessary spoilers out of the way, because essentially what happens is CM Punk just sees more and more creepy stuff. He's got his friend Milo coming over the house to help him. Milo gets killed by Sarah. The dog gets killed by Sarah, or Sarah's ghost, if you prefer. And CM Punk ultimately, what, gets cornered by monsters and, and marbles roll up his flesh. And oh, my he God. He cuts himself up with a exacto knife. Yeah, the marbles are really like a, a visual motif in this film. We see marbles yeah. so many different times. Whenever the house is pissed, it's kind of like the sign. And then the, the tooth girl shows up, rolls some marbles out. The marbles just like go under CM Punk's skin and travel up through his skin to like his jugular and he's like trying to cut his jugular open with a fucking box cutter to get the marble out right. and it is horrifying they're very much like the scarabs in the brendan fraser mummy movie yeah yeah mm. then you're like oh is that the end of the movie well no there's this whole other act where the wife shows up in the flesh as she's been threatening to do all movie shows up to an empty house and this is, is the one she part threatening <laughs> well she says she's gonna do it she's not threatening. i'm just using that uh loosely but i'm um, just <laughs> just pointing that out um so she shows up and this was actually the point where i started to get invested in, in what was going on because now we have a character who kind of has a clear 
purpose and and is and we it's like the bomb under the bed because we know what's happened we know yes. the husband's dead We're we like, know she's oh, in peril and fuck. she's naive to it all and that was interesting you know she's calling for cooper and stuff like that that, that was interesting to me but then her kind of heroic arc it hinges on this scene with the church lady where i guess she learns to what stand up for herself in her marriage or Dude, something the church or? lady is such a weird character and such she's, an interesting actress her eyes and her smile i, I swore i'd seen her she seemed before. familiar yeah even though i looked her up and she, there's nothing but i mean she is just like so yeah so intriguing and ethereal and the character is played in like a also a fairly broad like comic kind of way and again just kind of feels like she comes in from a different universe than everything else shows up very early in the movie as though she's going to be very significant to the plot and i guess she sort of is because i guess she enables what's her name the character we keep referring to as the wife which we may be making some of the movie's point for us by referring to her only as the wife because we can't remember her name but man that's a weird character like she is both so I guess important, but also just seems so unimportant to the plot in the end that I'm like, why is she there? I, you know, I, <laughs> I finally thought of an analogy that will probably make sense to no one else at this table for like wh- how I feel about how bizarrely like loose this movie is and how I think it should have been tightened up. Like I, I record music. I've recorded our theme song. He made our theme song. I made our theme song and I'm working on a You're a recording artist. Uh, sure, you can say that. Uh, and I, I think about it like, you know, I'm like, I have no, I don't have zero sense of rhythm, but like, it's not great. And uh, I frequently have to go through and like manually like quantitize my takes of something, even when like I think of like this is the best I mean? can do it. That means like actually going in to the wave files and dragging, dragging, dragging them into into the time signature like oh. pulling everything like like if i Chris to, and i have done this <laughs> if, yeah i know you have and if like if I, like if i were to play you know drums is like the easiest thing because it's so clear in the wave file like when there's a hit yeah. and you have to like actually like go in and like fucking drag everything forward and backward to get it to be where it's supposed that's to be. not music that's not art that's not jazz Okay, so that's what, how, that, how does this That's how connect? I feel about this movie. I feel like it's all, every little bit of it is just like off time in different ways. Oh, hmm. And I, somebody should have gone in probably during the screenwriting phase and tightened it up a little Turn bit. Turn that jazz right? into rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is yeah. what's frustrating me. And you know what? It's like, like we, we got Captain Beefheart, but we wanted to, the Rolling Stones. There used to be real music, you know? <laughs> I'm I'm sad when I watch this CM Punk bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sad whenever I watch a film that seems to have deliberate themes that I actually put some work into, and I just can't get them. Like infamously, Cargo was one of those movies, and I don't know whether it's my fault or their fault. You know, they should call him CM Rap. (laughs) And this is one of those movies for me. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason I gave it a cue it, though, because I ultimately, I think it's, like, a really rich premise. It's not terribly well executed, but it is, like, at least for me, I mean, for once. Oh, yeah, there's good stuff there. It's 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 awesome. Like, I wish I would have come up with this. I've, I've been trying to write something that's very similar to a gay version of this for a while. And when I read that article in Van Gogh, I was like, 
fucking goddamn well, it. Yeah, I mean, a haunted house where the prostitute ghosts, like, take revenge on men for centuries to come. Great. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. You just saying that, though, made me envision, like, such a better movie than this. Yeah. But it's good enough. You know, this is the yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's this- not, they didn't totally shit the bed. Like, it's a decent embodiment of that concept. If this had come out in the 80s or the 90s and I'd gotten it from the library on VHS when I was, you know, a kid and getting into horror movies and watching everything I can get my hands on, it would have left a mark on me. For sure. It's probably, I mean, and actually it's probably left a mark on me, you know. I'm probably going to remember the fucking him slicing marbles out of his skin, you know. I'm probably going to remember every time I look at a fucking electrical outlet for the rest of my life, I'm probably going to think about the possibility of semen oozing out of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, realistically, actually, realistically, me too. I mean, the fucking... The shower comes on him. Yeah. Like, he turns on the shower. It's Bukaki Central in And there. cum just, like, explodes out of the shower head. Amazing. And there's a moment where he gets covered in, like, what seems to be feces that, for some reason, is coming from the drain under the sink. Oh, I thought that was blood. I thought it was just tar or something. I don't know. It was, it was black. It was black bile. It was kind of a mix of everything. It was a potpourri of bodily fluids. A potpourri. But I don't know. You know, so I'm, I'm wondering if that, that scene in the, like, the, the marriage counseling scene with Christian lady is somehow connected to the queer thing. Somehow connected to the idea that maybe there's a feminist point in this movie that's making a comment on gender dynamics on the whole rather than specifically CM Punk being an asshole, etc. I don't know. Well, because her whole thing me. is like uh, th- that, like, that is what really baffled me about this movie and I couldn't figure out what it was trying to say, but she seems, the church lady seems to have like kind of a, she's like got like a kind of like personal like battle with the ghosts in this house. And well, like, yeah, she says she watches out for them and they watch out for her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe don't we know should just that. watch it again, guys, and do another episode on it. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> Dude, I'd be down. Maybe we should watch- do that sometime. And just, just like rewatch one of our. You watch the cute ones. We could ask one our of fans. our movies. Like, yeah, we could do a vote. Oh yeah, I know, forgot like- we have listeners. Listeners, send us a send us a line. Send us an email. Send us a Facebook, send Instagram, a Twitter comment. Tell us what you thought and what you made of all these themes and everything. Or, well, or no, what I'm saying is like... Well, we want you to do that every episode. This episode is not special. Well, but we want you to tell us, is there a movie you would like us to reevaluate? Is there oh, a movie you yes, think we, yes, got, yes. we got wrong? I, 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 and you want us to, to watch it again and maybe set the record straight? That too. Either or. I'm interested in hearing other people's takes on, on this movie in particular. Because I feel like there's just a lot there, but nothing that I really was able to make sense of. Second opinions. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's so many things we just have not even talked about. We don't have to explain every scene. In the no, movie. I know, but I just feel like we missed so many like important things. <sighs> the The end of this movie just hits a just fever pitch of weird shit. It's happening a fever pitch where you're like you don't know who's dead, who's a ghost, what's real, what's not. It's all just kind of. I mean, it's yeah. Fucking, it's, we find Milo in the wall. There's a strangely erotic recreation of like what these brothel scenes used to be like with yeah and there's a whole conversation Sarah about why the men wear costumes and like oh yeah uh, 
Yeah, it's it's all weirdness. But anyway, you know, in there's the end, a lot going on. In the end, she delivers the baby, but but CM Punk is is the new ghost in the house, and I don't know what that means. Oh yeah, which I mean, and and you know what? I was shocked honestly that the baby got delivered because there's even a moment where she like gets slammed into the oh, banister yeah. of the stairs, and there's even a noise where I'm like, oh, she's Crunch. losing that baby. <laughs> but no, she's fine. Baby's fine. But then the final shot of the movie, and this is one of those typical, I always reference Nightmare on Elm Street to describe this kind of ending, but I just, I hate this shit where it ends with like CM Punk's face like appearing in the vent above the baby. What does that even mean? I mean, this is like, like, is he one of the ghosts of the house now? No, the, the ghosts are done. The go- well, who is what? I, He's the new like listen. it's it's almost like the house was haunted from the time it began. Those ghosts are are passe. They're they're over with, and now he's the ghost. What? That's why I, I took know. away. From I it. didn't take anything away from it. This is like I feel like. Wait, so you're saying the ghosts killing him like allowed them to pass on, and now he's imprisoned in the house? He didn't kill the ghosts. His wife did. No, I said the ghost killing <laughs> Wait, him. Wait, repeat, repeat it again. The ghost killing him allowed them to pass on, and now he's imprisoned in the house. Now, it where, where Milo is, I don't know. But, yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't know. I don't think... You know, I, I I think the movie doesn't have an opinion one way or I, the other. I think it the, just wants a weird, like, gotcha ending. It's just feverish. It's like you can see... You can sense the coronavirus just setting in on the writer here. And <laughs> it's right, like... Stop. It goes 98, 99, 100, 101, 102, 103, 104, 105. He's got a 106-degree fever by the end of this movie. He's like, and he's in the vet. <laughs> in the movie. End titles. Fade to black. I don't know. I yeah. Mean, I might say, wait, maybe I'll have to... Go on YouTube and watch one of those ending explained videos from yeah, I did not seem particularly motivated or well thought through, like why CM Punk is now it, in the it vent. It didn't either, but I, for some reason, I just assumed that like the the old ghosts are they've finally been laid to rest. Interesting. Wifey came in to kick fucking ass and get rid of those bitches, and that like somehow now he's like the new ghost in the house. What his motivation would be. Like, what he's going to do as a ghost? I don't know. Maybe just watch over his baby, like Michael Keaton. He Why is he dropping not, fucking he marbles on her, seem, though? He, yeah, he did not seem to be looking through the vent in a loving or fatherly way. And also, The movie literally ends with a Wilhelm-type like a Wilhelm type <laughs> scream of him grabbing the vent. And also, like, the marbles... There's another thing that gave me cringe vibes, because this vent is directly above the baby laying on her oh, back yeah. in the crib, and she does happen to have her fingers in her mouth, which I was like, thank God, because these marbles are dropping, like, right from the ceiling i'm like if this marble drops in the right place it could choke this fucking baby thank god she's got her fingers in her mouth and the marble won't go in there i mean baby's skulls are pretty soft i mean maybe not at that 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 phase but like i would create like, like a wound like milo's wound yeah no so i don't think they were actually marbles so she has a mobile that has all these soft like cotton balls or like wool balls no. on it. They were they, definitely marbles, dad, just like all the other marbles. But they were like a solid color. They weren't like Dad was dropping. They marbles were the same the color they, and yeah. shape and yeah. everything as the marbles we'd seen all movie. Yeah, I agree with Patrick again. Don't gaslight me on these marbles, yeah. Stephen. I'm not going to gaslight you. I just I I had a different because the first time I was like, holy fuck! Like he's dropping marbles and there's a baby there. Rarely am I so sympathetic toward a baby in a movie as we know. <laughs> Yeah. But as I was watching it and I saw the mobile that's in the frame with the marbles dropping down, I was like, oh, they're like the same color and they don't seem like they're hitting very hard. This is but- a very Freaky Friday kind of experience because you expressed 
deep disinterest in Cooper before, but you were worried about the baby. Usually you care about the animals and not the babies. I mean, look, the baby in cargo was like never in like direct peril. There wasn't anybody like trying to like stab it, you know? What? If somebody had like like taken a knife and they're specifically trying to stab the baby, they'd be like, oh god, that's that's like that's- I don't want to relitigate cargo, but the baby in cargo was in consistent peril. It wasn't consistent peril, but not like the peril wasn't directed specifically at the baby, but when I'm sitting there watching a baby, and it could have been a cat, it could have been a raccoon, it could have been a dog. If there's somebody dropping heavy marbles out of a vent onto a small creature, I'm going to cringe a little bit. Dude, you know what? This reminds me of, I saw a video today of a hippo eating, and it's a horrifying thing because you drop, like they were dropping cucumber slices into the hippo's mouth and lettuce, leaves of lettuce, and the hippo, you know, a hippo has a giant mouth. It's just like hungry, hungry hippos, and it like, chews on it like it chews and then opens its mouth for more and you can see directly down into its throat when it opens its mouth and the cucumber slice or the lettuce leaf or whatever is just sitting in its throat whole like the chewing has done nothing and it's just sitting in its throat like waiting to be swallowed and the hippo's like more please so it has the it impulse to chew but it doesn't actually achieve anything yeah it's disgusting okay interesting don't totally see how that's related but because that that's what this baby thing has been making me think of because i just saw that food sitting in the hippo's throat and it looked like oh my god it's gonna choke on that and i feel like that's what a marble would look like in the back of a baby's throat i wasn't even worried about the baby choking i was just worried about the marble like hitting the baby's skull and making an indent that it's gonna live with for the rest of its life (laughs) or knocking an eyeball out or something you were you were purely uh your your concerns were purely cosmetic you could say that <laughs> and you wouldn't be wrong <laughs> all right well i think we've talked enough about this yeah i think we're gassed out we're, if we're, we're talking t- about uh cosmetic defects on the baby we're the gassed end. out we're risking we're gaslighting gassed. each other we're gassed like apparently. mcgregor or cm punk in the uh yeah. you yeah, in, what do you call in, it in the ufc ufc yeah Oh, man, that would have been a dank joke if I had remembered what UFC was fucking called. Better that way. Better this way. (laughs) All right, so what are we watching next week? Patrick, you get to choose. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I still haven't even decided. Okay, well, I'm going to decide right now. We're going to watch Green Room. Wait, have either of you watched Green Room? Nope. I have seen part of it. I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, that looks like it's good. I'll probably never watch it. I liked Blue Ruin. I had similar problems with it with that to what i had with girl on the third floor but it sounds like this Mm. director just keeps getting better and better i've heard great things about green room is it really in the horror category yeah yeah wow okay because i would have thought and i would would say it fits there and and i've seen this before i should disclose i've seen it before i saw it in theaters it got great reviews when it came out i was not impressed by it so it's kind of one of those things we were just talking about revisiting movies i'm curious because i want to see how y'all react to it and if you enjoy it as much as like the general consensus seemed to react to it and i want to see if i enjoy it anymore this time around basic premise is uh patrick stewart plays a skinhead leader who holds a band hostage a punk band a yeah punk band, band, hostage, band at yeah. their own sort of little compound out in the woods mm-hmm. yeah interesting concept that really appealed to me when i first heard about it um and then yeah like i said i wasn't super into it so i'm curious to see if it uh, moves a little more into cue it or view it territory for me this time around all right okay cool excited that's a, that's a very different kind of film i don't know if we've watched anything quite like that for the podcast yet should be fun yeah before we go 
go buy our shit. We have t-shirts. You may have heard. You can also get our logo and shit on a like coffee mug and all kinds of other Condoms. bullshit. Condoms. Yeah, you know, whatever. Sack wipes. Whatever you need. <laughs> dipes. Dipe dipes. <laughs> uh, you go to everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com where you can find everything else that you might want to know about our podcast and click the link that says merch store and you can also find us on social media at amoncast e-h-m-o-n cast and tell us what you thought of this movie or if there are past amon movies you want us to revisit or you know just if you want to say hi and tell tell us that you love us we like that too oh and also rate and review us and subscribe on your podcast platform i mean even if it's just a sentence or two it really does help. We need that validation. You I know? don't know if we need the validation. Well, I want okay. the feedback. I'll speak for myself. I need the validation. I need the validation. Me and Chris need the validation. It's, it's not just that. Steven but it, does not thrive on validation. It's good to be someone like Steven, but it's also good to validate people like me and Chris. I want to give a very, very brief PSA right now, but I, this is super important. It's what every podcast asks you to do, but we don't have advertisers. We don't advertise ourselves. We're on social media, but if you really feel passionate about this show, if you're somebody if you've listened for multiple weeks in a row even if it's two you're a fan say say some very brief words about us because it does help us to get into the ranks of you know lists of podcasts on on itunes and all the other apps it makes a difference we'd really appreciate it yes 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 we need your love all right well this has been once again every horror movie on netflix we're fucking done with Girl on the Third Floor. We're moving on to the green room in two weeks. We're moving up into the vents to look down on our baby and drop marbles on I'm our baby. I'm still trying to find that gull on the third floor. <laughs> mm. Might be looking for a while. Yeah, yeah. Keep looking, Chris. I can hear uh, it. I can hear it. <laughs> As always, for every horror movie on Netflix, signing off, I'm Steven. I'm Chris. <laughs> and that was Patrick. See you later. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye.